Alexander Snitker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political has-been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our Constitution in the public or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land, wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchist Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing well, and I have to say that uh, marshmallow futures are way up right now. Oh, yeah. No, they're doing well. They're doing real yeah, well. They're doing yeah. real well. So, all over the globe. Crazy, crazy news this morning uh, out of Israel. And I guess we'll just jump right into it. Unless you had any personal stories you wanted to go into. Yeah, anything? Jump into it, man. Any, anything interesting uh, going on? Uh, you know what? Before we get in, into the, uh, you know, the, the, the world is burning stuff, I, I got to tell a little story. Uh, last night, uh, went to uh, First Friday in Tarpon Springs, okay, to watch my wife perform in her new dance troupe so she's now part of the uh uh, what is it the safety harbor wicked women and it's these group (laughs) it's a group of women that dress up as witches and do these dance routines (laughs) you know is this a bit no it's not a bit at all this is not a bit it's not a bit and uh you know actually it was it was pretty entertaining yeah they uh they actually were the opening act for the black honkies at the uh the thing last night so the black honkies yeah you don't know the black honkies? i think i know them so that's a big it's a uh, it's a big local band i mean yeah so a- anyone who, around the tampa bay area is going to definitely know who that is if you're listening in minnesota you have no idea but you know they're a uh a, basically a, a top ticket local band i got you okay yeah. so uh with a great band name by the way <laughs> yeah the black honkies yeah yeah, I'm surprised you didn't know them offhand. I've seen them probably half a dozen times over the years. I might be thinking about a different group. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's uh, so my my wife is a uh, a witch dancer now. So a witch dancer, yeah, which is kind of hot. Apparently, it's a thing. Okay, and there's these troops popping up all over the world. Started in Germany. Uh, and uh, they do this one dance that they always start with, and then they do some other dances, you know. Uh, but they've got the you know the full costumes and uh, you know lighted brooms, and you know it's costing me a couple hundred bucks and having to buy costumes for the wife and stuff like that. But you know, she's having a good time. Did you, did you have sex with her with the with the costume on? I, I I'm not gonna. A gentleman doesn't you know say anything. Well, no, but that's why I'm asking you now, though. <laughs> right, and I'm I'm not going to give details of you know that were you wearing there. a furry outfit when you did it I, like a like a chipmunk or something I, that i will definitively say no to but uh, other than that i'm not going to answer oh you're right questions. you're right you're more yeah. of a fox guy <laughs> raccoon raccoon actually is is my my guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a raccoon huh yeah there yeah. you go I, and he, I always have to be that's uh, racist I always have to be a, a creature with opposable thumbs so the, the that's black, very important in the and racist yeah so, so a lot of racism. Going but yeah, on so that w- that was a good time last night. But uh, what's going on with you, man? No, not too much, man. Just uh, yeah, busy week and yeah, shit like that. So I don't have any. I don't have any. Inter- I don't have any interesting stories to tell. Wow, that's shocking. No interesting uh, Uber rides or anything like that. Uh, uh, don't search. Oh, if, oh if, no, no, if you, no. Oh, actually, no. I do have one. I forgot. See, it I knew, Saturday night. It I, Saturday knew night. I knew you would have one. 
So I pick up this college kid, right? Right. So I'm in between Dale. Again, most people aren't going to understand where I'm at. But between Dale Mabry and downtown, south of 275. Okay. In the neighborhood around there. Mm -hmm. Right. A lot of college kids will get like... um, like three or four people will rent a house there, right? Mm-hmm, right. So I pick up this kid, he's about 18 years old, and I'm driving up on a small road going east and west mm-hmm. just before McDill Ave. Okay. And I'm, I'm pulling up, and it looks like there's like a piece of cardboard or something that's in the middle of the road or something. It's something large right. in the middle of the road, just in the middle of the road. And we get, I get a little closer, and I realize it's actually a human being. Oh, wow. Passed out, one shoe off, Middle of the road. Wow. Okay. With a backpack on, middle of the road. One shoe off. Only one shoe off means they're still alive. If both shoes are off, they're generally dead. Yes. Yeah. So now here's the thing. When when you have a when you have a a rider with you, right. it's your vehicle. Right. But you can't really do something unless the unless the passenger thinks it's okay as well to do. Right. So a real conundrum is coming up here. And the kid in the back, who's a young kid, is like, should we render aid? Well, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, we H- should hang do. on. Look, you see a pe- uh, a person down in the middle of the street, you stop. I mean, period. It, it, if you have any humanity in you whatsoever, and I'm surprised you even question it that you had a ride. Uh, I, when I have a ride, I do question at that point. Wow, so dude, dude's like, yeah, let's stop. I'm like, all right, awesome. So we stop the car, we right. get out, and literally, this dude is laying middle of the road, right. right near the intersection. So if you were to make a right into this area, you wouldn't see him until it would be too late. Oh, geez. you'd run him the, you'd run him over by that right. point. Yeah. So we get him up. We where we try to get him up. He's not moving initially, and we're like, hey, was you, he conscious? Not in the, not in the beginning. No. Okay. So finally, we get him up, and he's drunk as fuck. He's got a bloody that's nose. What, that's what I figured. Yeah. His cell phone's off you know, on the road as well, and so we try to get the guy up. And he's drunk. He's not standing very well. Do you think someone had hit him? Or I don't. I don't know. I still yeah. don't know what happened. Um, but the guy doesn't speak any English whatsoever. Okay. So I I, I turn the right off with the guy that I have. I turn. I'm like, okay. Well, what, in the what right language now. was he speaking? Spanish of some kind. Okay. Um, so, but I turn the right off with the guy, which because I'm not going to charge him for this because right. it's going to take a little bit of yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. And it's like eleven something at night. Yeah. So like this is kind of prime time as well. So it's kind of screwing up my money. Um. But we finally get him up, and we start trying to talk to him. We're like, where do you live? Where are you at? What are you trying to do here? Because he was really laying in the middle of the road. Right. And, and the, my humanity came into play is that when I saw him, and my first thought was, well, we'll just leave him there. Is I'm going to see a news report the next day of somebody dead in the middle of the road. Right. Got exactly. run over. So I'm like, yeah. well, we can't And it would be your fault. Yeah. And yeah. it would be my fault at that point. Well, it wouldn't be my fault, but I would be somewhat no. responsible for no, it. No, I, I would say, honestly, if, if you are in that situation and you fail to render aid, and then that guy gets run over by the car behind you. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, you bear a significant responsibility for that. Yeah. So you know? we get him up. We're like, where do you live, man? He keeps giving us numbers. And we're like, OK, without a street name, numbers don't do us any good. Right. right? <laughs> so finally, we figured out he gave us a name for, for the thing. So we get him in the car. We're like, are we going to take him? So we're going to take him. We get him in the car. He was not but more than a mile away. Not even. Like okay. It was still around. He was in the right neighborhood. He was just kind of off by like 0.7 miles. Right. So finally, we drive around. We drive down the road he's supposed to live at, and he doesn't find anything that looks familiar. Right. So we drive down to the end of the street. We, oh, I open the door back up, and I'm like, look, man, you got to tell We're starting to get a little testy now. Like, right. Yeah, tell us where you live, man. Yeah. Like, you know, we can't be driving you around all night. And he was like, oh, bro, bro, and starts saying something in Spanish. Donde esta tu casa? I'll have to remember that <laughs> next time. So finally, we go back around, and we go back to the street, 
and there's some people that were next door or across the street around on their porch, right? And right. they're like, okay, this is where the guy lives. And we're like, all right, finally. We finally find where this guy lives, right? So finally, we get him out, and, he, and they open the door, and they let him in and stuff right. like that. And then I take the kid where he's got to go. Right. But it was just one of those things where, like, that's ne- well, that has never happened to me before. I, I am, I'm glad to hear that you did not just keep driving because, I, you know, that would have been just... I would have been wrong. I mean, just flat out wrong. So yeah, it wouldn't. It, did, it definitely didn't feel right to yeah, do that. Yeah. Even so. though I will say, my first instinct was to get him out of the street and put him on the side of the road, and then just leave from there. Like in the in. Well, even if you just did that, that would at least you know eliminated the immediate threat to his life. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Got him on the sidewalk. Got uh, you know, got him awake. Yeah, at least. he did end up losing one of the shoes though, because I guess we didn't bring it with us. I guess <laughs> Wait, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, <laughs> but like that's the cost of a the cost of doing business. Yeah, you you, you got to have some penalty for that kind of stupidity. Oh God, he was so drunk. He was so smashed though. Right, like he could not stand on his own. Yeah, like he was just. I mean, ugh. Yeah, and then his nose was bloody. Like it was just. I mean, not dripping blood, but like you can tell it had been bleeding. Oh, he probably face planted. Probably, you know, or maybe someone you know punched him or something. I don't who know. Knows? I don't. I who don't knows know. the backstory on Look, that? I don't know what happened there. And honestly, we couldn't ask him because you know, dude doesn't speak any English. You know, that's why you got. Like we were trying to use that's Google why you Translator learn at least a little Spanish. Well, I was trying to do use Google Translator, and that wasn't working very uh, well. I, I, well, you need Google Trans uh, Translator with the drunk filter too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So wow. that was well. That's quite a story, actually. That was a I, little. That was crazy. I'm glad I probed you for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot about it until just now. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Right. oh, hold on. One other thing too. Oh, see, look, you got hold more on one stories. other thing. No, no, no. This is a baseball related, though. All right. What a year that the freaking that the Rays have to get swept out in the wild card round. Yeah, by the way. yeah. Well, you know, look, they they lost a lot of key players late in the season, and it, it wasn't looking good for their playoff hopes. Yeah. Know? So that uh, you know, it, it's sad. But I got to say, I I didn't watch any either game. You know. I, I, the attendance was so bad uh, for that, uh, you know, that the home game, and uh, yeah, it was just like, why do? You, here's the thing: they started early for right. one thing, yeah. but also like, is is Tampa just not even we're, remotely we're not a pro really. baseball town? We're, we're not. We're not. Like, a do you blame town. the fact that it lives in St. Pete as the reason why they don't get attendance? No, I don't or, think so. Or like, do you think just overall, just Tampa Bay just does not give I, a crap? I just don't think that we're a baseball town because I got to say, we're a spring training baseball town. Look, I am a diehard uh, Bucks and Lightning fan, and with the Rays, I'm like, eh, you know, eh. But I think just in general, I'm not that big a baseball fan. You know, it, it, it's a, you know, it's a slow game. Even even with the the um, with the, the rule change where the pitching has actually helped a lot. It, when it, it comes has to helped the speed a lot, the game. but it, it's still kind of like a, uh, you know, it's like a, such a time investment, and there's so many games. I mean, hockey has a lot of games too. I don't watch every hockey game, but I probably watch, you know, twenty thirty games a season. Okay, you know, that's a so, lot. It, yeah, it's a fair amount. Um, and is, uh, it, is it the one advantage of football? Just they have so few games. Yeah, I think it is. It's like, you know, you know, you've got. Well, now it's seventeen games. You got seventeen games. That's it for a year. You know. Yeah. So you're. It, it, it's a much. It's a lot easier to invest that three hours. You know. Um. You know. Seventeen times a year, and every game means a lot more. To, oh yeah, yeah. As opposed to, 
you know, what what do they play in, in 164, baseball? 160, yeah, right, exactly. So, you know, you're really, so you're going to spend, uh, what is that, 500 hours watching baseball? Yeah, no. <laughs> Just no. Oh, yeah, look, commitment to watch a full season of baseball oh, is a commitment. That, yeah. That's a lot going on. Yeah. Like, you got to not have a job. <laughs> right, exactly. That's almost got to be your full-time job. I think that's why so many people are, like, sitting in the stands, you know, taking the stats and everything. Like, you know, the, it, computers do that shit, dude. You don't need to sit there writing down the stats, but I think people do it just so they feel like they have a purpose to, to in, life. Invest the time into the I game mean, for real, though. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, it, it just, does suck that the, it. You know, it does suck though that like it, it's like we're not a baseball town. No, no. Like, cause like, and again, weird, weird uh, thing. Like there were after those games, no surge on on Uber, no surge. Well, yeah. Because yeah. nobody was there. All right. Only 20,000 people showed up for the damn game. Yeah. You know, which is, is sad, but... Like, the Lightning game was almost sold out, and I, it was a preseason game. I'm partly to blame, you know. Because you don't go. I I don't go. I, I don't even Would watch. there be anything that would get you to go? Like, new stadium, still, you're not <sighs> no, going to go? It's just, uh, you know... You're just not a baseball guy. Yeah. I, I'm not a baseball guy, you know. I, I think I, I like sports with more action, you know. More, honestly, probably more violence. <laughs> you know, baseball's not not nearly yeah. enough violent, not violent enough for you. Yeah, which well, it's not a violent game. Yeah, you know, my, there's certain moments where like you know one guy will run into the other guy. But my, like, my first love in sports has always been football. You know, I've been into football since I was a little kid. Um, and then when hockey came to town, I got into hockey. But you know, I'm a Florida boy, man. What hockey? There's this thing they do on ice. I mean, what the hell is this? What what is this sorcery? You know. Yeah. Um, but you know, once it came, it's like, okay, yeah, this is a cool sport, and I really got into it. And you know, um, but baseball, it just uh, eh, now. What about yeah. basketball? No, no interest in basketball whatsoever. None, except. Now that I've started to do uh, brackets, <laughs> I'm into the uh, 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 March Madness. Yeah, but that's about but it. that's college basketball, yeah. and that's more because even, of the brackets than it is about. I the don't teams. even watch the NBA Finals, and I guarantee you that if Tampa Bay ever gets a basketball team, it'll be which close. it'll never get. No, no, just no, there's no there's no chance Tampa's getting a basketball team. We I don't think Orlando has one, and yeah. that's the closest you're going to get. Look, we're a diehard football town. We're a diehard hockey town. But it weird that we are a diehard hockey town. It is totally it is very though. strange. I wouldn't have expected. I would that. say that here's the thing in the Tampa Bay area itself. I would say that the that the um, support for the Lightning matches the support for the Bucks. Oh, yeah. If not, in some ways, eclipses it. Well, they always sell out. I mean, it's hard to get Lightning tickets. Well, it's hard to get Bucks tickets, too, though. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah that's true. So, um, yeah, that's we're a football and a hockey town. You know, we're just not a, uh, a baseball town. But you think moving, again, not to belabor the subject here, right. but do you think moving the Rays to Tampa would help? I uh, Maybe somewhat. I mean, it's not going to happen. They're yeah. already building a new yeah. stadium in, in St. Pete. I mean, look, there's just as many. If you're talking population levels, there's, uh, you know, a million people in Pinellas County. You know, and there's like, you know, 1.1 uh, million in Hillsborough. So it, it's not like a significant fan base difference. And there's plenty of people crossing the bridge to go to Lightning and and uh, uh, Bucks games. That's true. So it, I don't think that's really a big factor. in it. I think it's just, you know. Uh, I think baseball in general is kind of a dying, uh, a, a dying sport. You know, the support. The, look, we live in a world where attention spans are getting too short for baseball, and that's why they had to speed it up. 
But even then, I, I think that's just like, you know, we need more <laughs> conflict. We need more violence. You know, we, <laughs> we, we need some blood on the field. You know, I got you. I, okay. I, I think that's it. I think it's uh, baseball is not a, a risky enough sport for us in general as Americans. Okay. Know, so I mean, don't get me wrong. Baseball works in like, you know, some of the bigger cities, though. Yeah, yeah, but if you're talking about like New a, York, Chicago, yeah, yeah, but uh, again, I I think that Boston, I think the younger generations are less and less into baseball, baseball okay, than they are other sports. All right, fair yeah. enough. It sucks too. Like I really do want the Braves to do well in the area. Oh yeah, but I don't care enough. Well, I don't definitely don't care enough to go to any of the games. That's the thing. I always want them to do. But well. I don't care enough to go I to any of the games them, though. But yeah, I I don't actually myself really support them. Yeah, yeah, I don't go to the games or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, so and it, it, if we end up losing the Rays, it's it's our fault too. Yeah. Oh no, I, I hate to see it, but well, but know. I think they're gonna. Here's the thing: I think they're gonna stick around. Right. It sucks too because they're actually a decent team. Uh, uh, why are we on local sports talk? Well, it's I mean, still look, national. Look, we're a national podcast. Nobody cares about this. We're a global pod. We're in, we're a we're a hold on. We are a uh, what's the big word for it? Um, international? No, bigger than that. Uh, inter stellar stellar. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we, we have listeners in other solar systems? How do you know we don't? Well, let's see. We've been broadcasting. Oh, hang on a second. We've been doing this podcast, putting it out across the Internet, which is technically being broadcast through the air, right? Uh-huh. So, yes. Uh, we it, Through the universe. It would have, at this point, our first show would have reached Proxima Centauri. So if there is any intelligent life in that, uh, in that system, there is a chance that we could be an interstellar uh, uh, radio show. Yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> I totally get over that. I'm thinking no. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, you know, uh, we're, we're probably at best, at best, a, a multi-state show. Yeah. All right, I'll go with that. Ah, no, that's that's not true. I'm sure we have some bots in India listening. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. I wonder if anybody in Israel is listening. Uh, yeah, let's get to the big story right now, which is absolutely huge. And um, uh, this morning, or actually uh, yesterday, uh, local time, uh, there was a major, major attack uh, by Hamas on the nation of Israel. This was a coordinated attack. Uh, it, literally land, sea, and air assets. Now, the air assets were actually, uh, which was very interesting, they sent uh, armed uh, uh, personnel in on paragliders. Okay? Damn. Right. Uh, they also uh, did a, 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 a basically a, a naval incursion uh, and a land incursion. They broke through the fence. And, uh, let me step back a little bit. For those who don't know, uh, Israel has a territory called the Gaza Strip. Now, the Gaza Strip is an, an area in southern Israel that is about uh, 25 miles long by about five miles wide on average, uh, and it's home to two million people, uh, all of whom uh, are uh, Palestinians, and it is essentially controlled by Hamas, uh, which is the governing body there. So even though it's it's technically part of israel it's really not okay um and it's israel has it fenced off they have military bases all around it um and what happened today is that hamas uh launched a a multi-phase surprise attack across the entire eastern border 
uh, of the Gaza Strip with Israel. And uh, they were able to actually take and hold uh, several square miles of territory. Uh, They currently control uh, several uh, towns in Israel. Uh, They've taken over uh, at least, I believe, the latest report, at least two Israeli military bases. Um, uh, So far, they're reporting, the last report I saw is that they're reporting at least 100 killed. Uh, but I've seen video right now that, uh, no, that number is going to be way, way higher uh, than 100. Uh, Hamas has, uh, you know, uh, like I said, they've captured a couple of military bases. They're in possession of uh, a bunch of uh, military vehicles, Israeli military vehicles. They've uh, captured a ton of tanks. Uh, they are occupying several towns right now. Uh, there's street-to-street fighting uh, with Israeli troops inside of Israel in these towns. Um, and it, this is a, a major, major cri- international crisis right now. Um, Hamas uh, used, uh, and also simultaneously, they attacked uh, Israel with somewhere between 2,000 and 5,000, reports vary, rockets. Um, so they just completely overwhelmed uh, the uh, Iron Dome air defense system, which is the uh, Israel's anti-missile missile system. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was a flawlessly coordinated attack that worked brilliantly. Now, um, I've seen several videos uh, already this morning of uh, widespread fighting uh, throughout uh, different regions. And what's going on now is... Um, Hamas has taken a ton of hostages, uh, a lot of them women, um, and uh, they're taking them back into Gaza. So they've captured a ton of Israelis. Uh, They do appear to be indiscriminately killing Israeli civilians. Um, And, uh, you know, basically Israel was caught completely flat-footed. They were taken completely by surprise, which really actually doesn't doesn't sit well with me you know what i'm saying why is that uh, look this is one of the the idf israeli defense forces um are have so much surveillance going on i mean it is a complete surveillance state they know hamas wants to you know <laughs> they know hamas's goals they're surveilling them constantly they have uh, incredible intelligence networks. And for Hamas to pull off this type of major coordinated attack in so many different territories simultaneously uh, it, with so many people involved. I mean, we're, we're talking about um, probably thousands, you know, at, at the very, very least hundreds. But I, I suspect it's probably like thousands of Hamas troops uh, that have actually infiltrated Israel at this point. For them to pull that off without the Israelis knowing about it seems highly unlikely to me. Uh, because this is. I mean, you think that they asked? I mean, you think that they knew it was coming and did it and let it happen? I don't know. I don't know. But this is, I will say that this is for Israel a 9 11 type scenario. Okay. Now, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, the uh, the Israeli Prime Minister, has said uh, has declared war uh, with Hamas right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so essentially, I mean, as he should. It, yeah, Israel's at war. 
Um, and uh, this is not going to be a short one. Now, Israel has already responded with airstrikes, but they are having a very difficult time mobilizing ground troops. Okay, so there is street to street fighting going on right now in several cities in Israel. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the, the Hamas fighters are just they have zero uh, concern for for civilian casualties. They are targeting civilians and they're just indiscriminately killing or capturing anyone they see. Um, so it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's a very, very volatile situation now. We have to understand the the larger geopolitics of this. Right now, Israel is extremely vulnerable. So what could very well happen is that Syria and Lebanon, uh, which both border uh, Israel to the north, could also choose this as an opportune moment, moment to attack. Okay. Um, so they, you know, Israel is worried about that, the northern border, too. And even if the governments of Lebanon and Syria, you know, the Assad regime or anything like that, even if they don't directly attack, there are forces within both those countries, you know, the al-Nusra, the, the uh, uh, offshoots of al-Qaeda, ISIL, you know, all kinds of different, uh, uh, you know, terrorist organizations that would love to take the opportunity to actually take uh, territory in northern Israel at this point. So they could be under attack from multiple directions at this point. Now, all of these groups, uh, Hamas and some of the other groups I mentioned, are armed and funded by Iran. Okay. Mm -hmm. So essentially, this is a, a proxy war with Iran. Like there's already been footage uh, put out the, of, the, of Hamas using. Um, Iranian suicide drones, Iranian anti-tank missiles, Iranian surface-to-air missiles. Um, so basically all their hardware is Iranian at this point. So Iran is totally behind that, which means that Israel essentially is in a de facto state of war with Iran. And chances are, the way they're committed to this, they might full-on declare war on Iran, which escalates everything in the region. Um, uh, and it could drag the U.S. into it. Now, one of the other angles on this is uh, the Biden administration just released, uh, I believe it was $6 billion worth of frozen Iranian assets uh, in exchange for um, uh, the hostages, the U.S. hostages mm -hmm. that they were holding. Release money that was already Iran's, in all fairness. Right, right. But it was frozen. But here's the thing is now uh, the Biden administration is getting the blame for this because that funding, you know, could very well have been used uh, to facilitate this attack. Uh, so and, and the U.S. could very easily get drawn into this. And that's a real, real problem. I mean, we look, the, the U.S. needs to, to be 100 miles away from this and just like, hey, man, <laughs> we ain't touching this with a stick, which is going to be very, very hard to do with the political climate in the U.S., how it is, how, um, you know, so much of the U.S. population is so supportive of Israel. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Which I always found, always found that interesting that uh, especially the the um, evangelical Christian element uh, in, in this country is very much pro-Israel. And I, I think the reason that is, is I, I'm guessing that 
their philosophy is even though, you know, <laughs> supposedly they follow a, a guy who said, hey, uh, you know, make peace and love your neighbor, you know, and these guys have never been able to make peace with their neighbors. Um, you know, the, the fact that they believe that the Jews, i.e. the Israelis in this case, because there's collusion between the two, there's the correlation is there, even though it's not necessarily, you know what I'm well, saying? Yeah, but, that also, but Israel represents the Holy Land, too, though. Yeah, exactly. So there, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, since the Crusades, that place has been fought over. Oh, God, yeah, it, exactly. No one can get along over there. It's it's just crazy. Well, West and East are both fighting for the for that territory. Right, right. But uh, the, the, the point is, is that there's probably going to be enough political pressure in the U.S. that, you know, we end up having to do something, and then we get involved in there. Well, uh, maybe, our, but a, our involvement might just be to let Israel do whatever it's going to do. Well, I, I think that should be our default position. Hey, man, you know, <laughs> not our circus, not our monkeys. Well, no, you but it's more of to. like we're you're allowed to do this. Well, like I, go ahead and bomb Iran. Uh, I, I, here's the thing. I think at this point, Israel is not going to give a shit whether the U.S. gives permission. Well, or that's not. true, too. But you I'm know. just saying, like, it's going to be one of those things where they're and they'll probably help with you know, intelligence and some coordination. And, and that's the other thing. I, I I just can't. I have a very hard time believing the intelligence breakdown on this. I mean, this was such a large-scale coordinated attack. That you're surprised Israel didn't know it was coming. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, and I'm surprised the U.S. didn't have a, an idea it was coming. You know? uh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to go down the conspiracy theory road I don't that either. they knew it. But. No, I, I, I don't either. But it, 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 if they didn't, it, it could just be profound negligence in misinterpreting misinterpreting the the uh, intelligence data but it is it is really uh, it, it's such a dangerous situation so uh let's let's forecast what could happen here and like i said israel is in post 9-11 mindset now i mean they're in we're going to turn all of you into a parking lot and they are just well no no they're still in survival mode right now well, yeah, but they will actually be able to r- repel this attack. They just have to oh, get them. Yeah, absolutely. They got to yeah. get their footing down and stuff like that, but they're yeah. going to be able to they'll, they'll be able to do that. And when they do, I think they're going to be absolutely merciless. And I Oh, th- no, they're going they're going yeah. after. They're going to go after them. But what that's going to do is that's going to cause um, you know, uh, a lot of the other Middle Eastern countries to possibly want to get involved as well. And if they take the actual step of attacking Iran directly, um, that could escalate into a, a, just a... Well, there's kind of like... Okay, so there's kind of like three camps globally. Like countries fall into like one of three categories when it comes to what's going on right now. Right. You got the first category, from what I've been reading at least. The first category is a full condemning of Hamas and... Right. Like that Israel has the right to defend itself. Right. There's the second one, which is praying for for all sides to de-escalate. Yeah. But yeah. not That's outwardly, but not actually condemning Hamas. Right. And then you have the third camp, which is Hamas is just defending itself and they have the right to defend themselves against the Jewish occupation. Right. That's yeah. the three camps that you have right now. Yeah. And it's weird how there's a lot of the world that fits the second camp. There's very few that fit the first camp. Like, you know, like um, 
like uh well the u.s clearly is and well the u.s is in the first camp along with britain and some other countries where in france and some of these other countries that are just condemning hamas right they have a whole lot of the world that's in the second camp and then a few countries that are in the third camp which is like it's you know hamas is right for doing what they're doing yeah and those are mostly the uh theocratic uh cutter right yeah uh kuwait yeah iran of course iran Yeah. yeah of course iran um but yeah, I think I think the majority of the world is in that middle camp, and let's let's just hope everybody can find a way to to resolve this peacefully. Yeah, you know. Um, but here's the real issue: is it, how this is going to affect global politics in other places. So right now we've got the war in Ukraine. Okay, we have a potential powder keg in the Middle East right now. This is going to more than likely, especially depending on how much attention the U.S. focuses on this and how, uh, you know, if how and if the U.S. gets involved in it is going to embolden China in the South China Sea. So this could actually expedite uh, China's invasion plans for Taiwan and potentially even the Philippines. Yeah, because you think they're just waiting for the opportunity. Yeah, oh, that that's all it is. Yeah, they're waiting for, you know, uh, some reason uh, to say, okay, now's the time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's uh, it, this is, uh, it, it, it's hard to overstate how dangerous the situation is right now. And one other angle I wanted to take on it is, remember the, uh, some of Trump's classified documents and one of the ones that was so, um, you know, uh, Trump showed to so many people and even showed to those uh, journalists that, who were recording him doing it was the U.S. attack plan on Iran. Okay. Now, under the circumstances right now today, doesn't it make uh, the fact that those documents were out in the wild, considering there are today... Uh, a a dramatically higher probability of a conflict between the U.S. and Iran uh, than there was yesterday, doesn't it make that potentially a much higher uh, threat (laughs) to the United States that Donald Trump was out there showing the world the U.S. attack plans for Iran? No. You don't think so? No. Oh, I, I disagree totally. You don't think that they already knew a lot of that stuff to begin with? Like, Iran? No, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. He should have done it. I'm not saying that he. That it's okay that he did it, but at the same time, I don't think it really hurts us either. Though here's the thing, though. Okay, if the United States does end up entering and, and the piss conflict, off for making me defend Trump, by the way, if the United States ends up entering a conflict with Iran. That elevates the charge from espionage to treason. It does, by definition. <laughs> so, man, you got a pretty wild conspiracy theory you're going down. By the way, well, no, I'm not saying that. So was, you're saying now the U.S. special forces and no, the intelligence community no, knew no, that the I'm attack not, was happening in Israel. I'm not. So they let no, it happen. I'm not saying any in of order that. to make sure that we now actually had to attack Iran. In order to get Trump on espionage? No, I'm not. No, on treason. But on treason. I'm not saying that. But because you saying, kind of just alluded to all of it. I'm no, just saying I'm not saying did. it's a conspiracy. I'm just saying yeah, that if kind of events did, unfold in that way, it will be a yeah. much more significant 
fact that Trump, uh, you know, revealed our attack plan documents on Iran. But yeah, this is, uh, folks, oof, this is a bad one. You know, this could very well be that uh, that trigger for World War Three, um, which in a lot of ways is a good thing because it might end up destroying AI and, uh, you know, uh, could help that. And that global winter could really help with uh, uh, climate change. So, you know, look at the bright side. Yeah, I nuclear, mean, there's some bright side. There are some major benefits to nuclear war. I got gotcha. you. So well, where we live, we're screwed. But, you know, it uh, depends on the prevailing winds. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah. Um, and uh, speaking of uh, uh, Trump espionage, so we're here, just going right down this road. Yeah. Right well, anyway. well, well, since we're talking about it anyway, my wild conspiracy theories here. Um, uh, 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 latest uh, information is Trump allegedly discussed U.S. nuclear sub secrets uh, with foreign nationals. Yeah. After leaving the White House. Yeah. <laughs> so months after leaving the White House, the former president, Donald Trump, allegedly discussed potentially sensitive information about U.S. nuclear submarines with a member of his Mar-a-Lago club, an Australian billionaire who then allegedly shared the information with scores of others, including more than a dozen foreign officials, several of his own employees and a handful of journalists, according to sources familiar with the matter. The potential disclosure was reported to special counsel and Jack Smith's team as they investigated the Trump's alleged hoarding of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Um, so, yeah, this fucking guy, man. I, I mean, what's his thought process there? I mean, is he just showing off? I think it's just showing off. I think he's just showing off. It's like, like I don't think there's anything that's. Uh, um, look, everybody knows you were president of the United States. Everybody knows you knew these secrets. You don't actually have to tell people the secrets. You know, it's one of the reasons why you don't want this guy to be president. <laughs> you don't want the, like well, you don't want this guy to know shit, uh, right? <laughs> exactly, but because he's got no filter, he's like he's got no, like he's got no. Maybe I shouldn't talk about that. No, no, no. But I do think he'll make an excellent House Speaker. <laughs> we we really didn't have this in the lineup but we got to talk about it a little bit so it's in the bottom it's more in the bottom of the lineup of course this week Hold on, is that where we're going let, next? Let's, let's go ahead and go into it yeah because we're on that in that general topic so we'll keep going okay so this week okay hold on we got to back up a little bit on this one though because this right. is weird i really have i really have two minds of this one so this week or last week to avoid sh- on Saturday to avoid the shutdown, right? Which actually surprised the hell out of me. I thought they were going to go ahead and shut down, and they, they did. did. No, no, no. Yeah. And neither side really wanted to do that, right? So, and McCarthy knew he was going to get blamed for it, so he ended up making a deal that got some of the Democrats on board for a continuing resolution for forty-five days. Mm-hmm. And the threat from Gates was basically, "I'm going to call for because they've changed the rules up there, right, to where you can call for." A, a no vote, vote of no confidence, right. and unless the majority votes for you, you're out. Right. And McCarthy was like, was very arrogant about like, bring it, you know, like right. bring it. Yeah. And then they actually held the vote on Monday, or I think it was Monday. Yeah. And they voted him out. Now McCarthy, look, McCarthy wanted out, and the reason that I think McCarthy wanted out was he spent Sunday talking trash. About the Democrats. Right. Who he needed. Right. In order to actually have enough votes. And he didn't need many. Yeah, and he didn't need many. He only needed a handful. Yeah, and so and the Dems. Because how many Republicans voted against him? It was eight. only like eight, right? Only eight. So essentially he needed, what, 
10 Republican or 10, 12 Democrats to vote for him? Something like that. It which, wasn't many. Which, uh, Or if the Dems just voted present, he still would have won. Right. Look, if the Dems in lockstep would have said, we're not going to get involved in this, and we vote present, right. we're out of here. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't. They all voted against him, and they got him, and they got him booted out. So right. now the House of Representatives is in sta- in, 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 sitting still right now because they can't do anything until they actually re-elect a new awesome. speaker. Well, yeah, which is great. I mean, despite Matt Gates being probably just one of the most despicable, horrible human beings walking the earth, um, I, I applaud him for this. <laughs> okay, he, okay, and this is the weird thing. Anything you can do to, to like, totally fuck up the flow of government, I'm all in favor of. Like, I don't like Matt Gates personally, but right. his complaints... Are legitimate. His, his, his complaints are legitimate. Like, yeah. there is some legitimacy... To the complaints that he has, it's it's nice to know that while uh, you know he does have a coherent thought, uh, in between the times he's fucking children, you know. Okay, now, so that's good to know. Now, now the other thing is, and that, then human trafficking, of course. You yeah. Know. Now, yeah. now here's the other thing, though. At a time frame in which actually your uh, <laughs> protest or your kerfuffle would have mattered, right, is when the Republicans controlled the House, the Senate, and the presidency, right. You didn't say shit then, though, and that's the part right. that irks me about guys like uh, guys like about guys like Gates is that when you had an opportunity to do something like this, where it would have actually mattered, where you could have made a difference, right? You were nowhere to be found. You were touting Trump and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and letting the spending go wild. Right. Like you weren't concerned about the spending then. No, but now you're. Con- and again, you may be legitimate in your complaint, but your timing is suspect. Yeah, because you know what? Here's the thing: the Democrats run the Senate. Biden's the president in order to get anything passed, unless you just want to shut it down. Right. In order to get anything passed, which is great, which if that's what you want to do, but in order to get anything passed, you got to have a deal that's going to work on, on, there's got to be negotiating on both sides. There's got to be compromise, right. And if you're unwilling, like they had a plan before that, you scuttled that plan. So then they had to do something, you know, quick at the end or whatever. And you're going to hold them accountable for that. And again, who wants the job? I don't know who would ever actually want that job. But, like... Yeah, that, who's in line for it? Uh, so you got Scalise, you got Jim Jordan. Trump endorsed Jim Jordan. And then there's another guy that's like the third in line. Wait, if, I thought Trump, Trump was trying to get the job himself. No, not really. <laughs> I mean, you have Marjorie <laughs> and, Taylor Greene, who's just constantly trying to suck his dick, <laughs> to be like, I'm only voting for Trump, I, you know? I, I didn't understand that, because you have to be an actual elected... No. Re- you no, don't. No, no. Anybody can be Speaker of the House. I did not know that. I thought it had to be a U.S. representative. No, no, no. They can elect you. No shit. Yeah, they can elect anybody to be oh, speaker God, of the house. Oh, God, I wish they would. We would shut the fuck down forever. Well, actually, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is is that the best person that they could pick to be speaker of the house would be mm-hmm. Justin Amash. Yeah. And honestly, not even ideologically because I agree with Justin Amash, but because... Not totally because you ideologically agree with Justin No, no, Amash. there's another reason for it, though, is because he wants regular order. Right. Like, but, he wants to go back to, like, not continuing resolutions and it, stuff like it, that. It's a pipe dream. Never happened. Well, not anymore, yeah. yeah. No, no, not anymore. But I can't believe that. I didn't know that anybody could be Speaker of the House. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't, I'm didn't. i surprised you didn't know that, by the way. Yeah. yeah no. Some of the stuff you don't know is weird. Yeah. I, I, I don't recall that in the Constitution. Yeah. Anybody yeah. can be Speaker of the House. Huh. You does not have to be a member of Congress. I did not know that. Which, again, anybody calling for... And, again, if you're calling for Trump to be the Speaker of the House, you're an idiot. Like, yeah, right. You know, in the, for one reason, one reason alone, that dude doesn't know what goes on in in, in Congress. Right. <laughs> he has no clue. <laughs> like, he wouldn't know what to do right. up there. Like, yeah. seriously. Like, uh, how do you think that that's a good idea? Right. 
You know, right? And again, look, I don't like Matt Gates. Matter of fact, I kind of hate Matt Gates. He's kind oh, of a God. grifter. He's but a like, he's person. not wrong in what he's doing. No, now, not necessarily. Now, hold on. There's another part to this as well. When they were doing the vote for Kevin McCarthy to be speaker, right? And he was having to agree with this vote of no confidence thing. Supposedly, he went to Nancy Pelosi and was like, "I, I don't know about." She's like, "Go ahead and vote for it. We'll have your back if anything happens." Oh, really? <laughs> and so, so Pelosi, uh, so Pelosi screws him over, right? right? So the next move is when the new temporary speaker gets there. Right. There are secret offices in Washington. Right. Secrets a weird word for it. There's like these offices that are unmarked offices that leadership can get that are super nice offices. Right. And Pelosi had a really nice office. Um, uh, another dim had a really nice office. And as soon as the new speaker went there, they kicked him out of those offices. Oh, really? <laughs> like just in an effort of spite, like just right. out of spite yeah. at this point, you know? So like it's, it's, it's the thing is this, what is going on right now is all kinds of like, um, norms and, you know, like cordialness, even the back cordialness oh, yeah. between the two yeah. is going away. Oh yeah. Well, like they're definitely not hanging well, out anymore. We're we're in a state of war essentially in this country between the left and the right. I mean, and most of us are just in the middle saying, "Well, I hope you guys all kill each other." Well, you yeah, know? and one side's but, calling for concentration camps now. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, this is a good one. And uh, I've heard a lot. Well, you of people, didn't even mean to segue, and you segue. Well, I was going to segue somewhere else, but you you kind of stepped on that. But we'll we'll come back to that. Um, but yeah, Hillary Clinton uh, in a uh, uh, a recent interview. Uh, was quoted as saying there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the Trump cult members. And I've I've actually seen a couple of other, other people uh, in media now repeating this, and it's deprogramming the MAGA people, you know, which <laughs> I actually agree that a lot of the whole MAGA thing is cult-like, and it's, it's you know, it, people have just lost their minds in it. But the fact that we have Hillary Clinton uh, saying, uh, you know, we need to have a formal deprogramming, that sounds like concentration camp, you know, re-education camp type shit. That sounds pretty Maoist, Stalinist uh, to me. That's fascist. Yeah. Like, there's no getting around that. (laughs) That's fascist. Look, I can... Hold on. Listen. I cannot agree with Trump. I can, matter of fact, I can hate Trump all I want to. Right. I cannot understand why his supporters like him. Right. And all of that. But at the same time, I don't think that they should be formally deprogrammed. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Right. Well, actually, I do know what that means. That means fucking concentration camps. <laughs> That's what that means. That is it, a very it, nice way of saying it does. Sound, I think we should put them in concentration. Camps. I don't know about concentration camps, but it does sound a lot like some type of forced reeducation. And let hang on. I want to quote Hillary Clinton on this. It's a classic tale of an authoritarian populist who really has a grip on the emotional, psychological needs and desires of a portion of the population. Now, that particular quote could be applied to either Donald Trump or someone who is calling for a forced re-education, a forced deprogramming of a certain section of the population. That statement would apply to what exactly what she's saying or to Donald Trump. Now, keep reading her quote, though. Yeah. And the base of the Republican Party, for whatever combination of reasons, 
and it is emotional and psychological, sees in him someone who speaks for them. And they are determined that they will continue to vote for him, attend his rallies, wear his merchandise, because for whatever reason, he and his very negative, nasty form of politics resonates with them. Okay, hold on real quick. Real quick. though. Right. Go ahead. Negative, nasty form of politics being said by Hillary Clinton. Right. Is the teapot calling the fucking kettle (laughs) black. Yeah. You fucking bitch. Right. Like, hold on a second, Hillary Clinton. You called Tulsi Gabbard a Russian asset when she's running for office. Right. You've called the other side a basket of deplorables Deplorables, and all this other stuff. You are you are without a doubt one of the nastiest politicians that's out there. Don't get me wrong. You the difference between you and Trump is you put on the official face with it. You put on something nice. You try to you try to not show people the true ugliness even though it comes out for you right. no matter what and trump doesn't have that filter that's the only difference and you you went you've gone to this motherfucker's weddings you've supported right. him he's been your boy for a long time like <laughs> seriously like you for you to come and and for the emotional psychological needs and desires of a portion of the population right hold on what, what happened you, during covid right what, like, what were you guys with follow the science and you caused people to lose their minds to where they were attacking other humans for not wearing masks right right like you manipulate look here's the th- you know what no different one of the differences that i see here is that look i see some of the same things in some of these trump people that clinton sees mm-hmm. but the other thing oh, I, I don't f- disagree with her her actual analysis of a huge section of the Trump supporters. Yeah, like they're going to continue to vote for him, attend his rallies, wear his merchandise. They're cultists. But you know what, though? Here's the thing. It's a religion. Because of his very nasty form of politics resonates with them. No, no. Because they see in him someone who's fighting back against you. Right. And against people (laughs) like you. And against a media establishment and a deep state that you want to call it that, that is... That when he was in office, you guys did. Hold on. After the 2016 election, you said that Russia was the one that actually got him elected. Right. Which, come on. I mean, seriously. You can't take any personal responsibility for the fact that there were multiple states that you didn't visit when you were in office. And those are the states that you happened to lose because of your fucking hubris that you thought that this thing was owed to you. Like, you're only mad because you lost. Right. And the, the way you guys acted after that only gave more ammunition to the other side and what you're continuing to do now. And this fucking fraud case up there for, again, I, I fuck you for making me defend Trump. That fraud case that's going on up there is, look, there is no victim, no crime. There is no victim to the fraud case in New York. There isn't a victim. There isn't one. Right. This is a that. stupid law about fraud even, that everyone commits even no 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 you cannot go that far look uh, trump absolutely committed fraud absolutely and nobody goes to the extent that he does on this well, you know he does what I'm fraud saying? better than everybody else well, he, when he does it he does it big he's, okay? he's big he's big on the fraud Every, you know a lot of people might fudge the numbers a little bit but when he does it he triples quadruples you know multiple of a hundred down um, but you're absolutely right for the state to bring a civil suit against him when nobody he was actually doing business with or committing fraud against has actually brought suit. Yeah, that they just don't have any legal standing to do it. So in that case, it is a, a bunch of bullshit. But it, the, the state of New York is also not wrong. He committed fraud. But, you know, in, unless the, the defrauded party comes forward to 
you know, uh, to to sue him or to to charge him, yeah, you know, the state has no means support. But I I find it yeah, it's just fascinating that like Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are probably two of they the, used to be boys. Well, and, and they're probably also two of the worst human beings in existence. Yeah. Okay. Like just pure. What honestly, I would say Hillary is probably more evil. Donald Trump is Hillary just, is absolutely more evil. Yeah, she's absolutely more evil. Donald Trump is just such a, a colossal narcissist that he sees nothing beyond his own benefit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean he just he can't even perceptualize anything that Well and isn't, he and he views his benefit he he views his good or bad parts right now yeah. into it's for the nation at this point. Right, yeah, because... He's that narcissistic. He has such a, a just insane God complex that he just can't see the world in any other way. So anyway, you have two of the worst human beings <laughs> that could possibly exist on Earth. And and well, again, that's, that's who our choices were to vote for. In 2016. <laughs> yeah, in 2016. Hold on. Now, now th- there's more of the Clinton thing that I want to get back to, though. Right. There's another... Her, there's her an- body count? No. <laughs> Maybe they don't like migrants, she suggested. Maybe they don't like gay people or black people or the woman who got the promotion at work they didn't get. Whatever the reason, you know, Make America Great Again was a big bid for nostalgia to return to a place where people couldn't be in charge of their lives, feel empowered, say what they want, insult whoever came in their way and that was really attracted to a significant portion of the republican base she's not totally wrong okay, there. hold on a second here she's not totally wrong but you take that same lens and you point it to the people that were against trump right and that is what they would use to justify the exact exactly. same behavior right. yeah. against the other side right <laughs> like the thing about it is this like you Hold on. If you were a Trump supporter in Hollywood, if you liked Donald Trump in Hollywood, right, then you were blackballed. Right. You had your career taken away. Oh yeah. It wasn't happening the other way around. Yeah. Well, of course not. Yeah. Like that, that's the thing, man. Like, and I, I find it funny, especially that she would specifically say maybe they don't like migrants because guess who's building the wall. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Biden is taking some heat right now uh, because he is uh, uh, he just waived 26 federal laws that allows uh, the construction of the border wall in Texas. So he is literally uh, build, finishing what Trump started. Now, I wonder I wonder if that's going to make MAGA support him, <laughs> because if truly uh, that was what uh, MAGA was really about, was, uh, you know, build the wall, border security, keep the migrants it's out. You would think they would be in full support of Biden's move right now. But I'm not hearing that. You know, you hearing any of that? I'm not hearing any opposition to it. Yeah. The Biden administration announced they waived 26 federal laws in South Texas to allow border wall construction on Wednesday, marking the administration's first use of sweeping executive power to pave the way for building more border barriers, a tactic often used during the Trump presidency. Now, this really does go to show you where (laughs) Biden is truly at. I mean, Biden, 20 years ago, was anti-immigration as hell you know so he used to be a you know build a wall type of guy and he probably still is you know so well i don't think the leadership of either party actually likes immigrants yeah no they don't 
They don't. I mean, they want to control them for different reasons. Right. One for big business interests, one for a voting block. Exactly. Yeah. Even though I think that the funny thing about it, the funny thing about it is, I think if you were to look at the makeup of the people that you're bringing into the country, like those people actually are much closer to being conservative than being liberal. Right. Right. Like. Just the way it is. Nah, like, who knows? The, yeah. No, no. Much of them are more family oriented. I, like if you're if you're against the LGBTQ thing, like they're totally like they, they're more like you know nuclear family kind of people. I, I think most of them are like, hey man, I just want a job. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no. Know? Most of them are just yeah. No, most of them I, just want a job, I, I which care. is the one thing we won't let them do. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like the one thing we won't let them do is get a fucking job. Yeah, hey, you verify, huh? Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just insane. No, and, well, and you see, look, and hold on. Here's the thing. The Biden administration is trying to claim that this is because of Trump that they have to do this. Right. But at the same time, hold on. Did, is Trump in there right now making you get rid of, like, making you waive 26 federal regulations right. to do it? <laughs> yeah. The, the, the lying from Biden and his administration is so obvious that if you had a media that was even remotely worth their salt, they would actually call them out on it. And they just don't. They just give this fucking guy a pass. And the, that's one of the problems that I have with the media is, look, when you want to hold Trump accountable and call him out on all of his bullshit, okay, I'll go with you there. Right. But just even hand it, though. Right. Like, when the other side, when when somebody else is in charge, just be against that person. It, Don't be cover for him. It's, it, it, it's funny because I've said this for years and years and years, and I've taken so much shit. We both have taken so much shit for saying that there's no real significant difference no matter who is in office. It's just, it's always the fucking same. There's no, I mean, it's like window dressing the differences. It's It's, the distractions. It's the, yes, yes, it's the margin. The distractions and the media reaction. I will say the one significant event that I can recall in like the last 20 years politically that was a difference between Democrats and Republicans was abortion. So it's it's funny because I used to think of that as a non-issue because I didn't really think anyone anything was going to change. That one really actually became a defining, definitive difference between the two parties. Other than that, th- there's really no tangible difference in the outcomes. There's huge differences in what they say they're going to do. There's huge differences in the rhetoric. But in the outcomes... There's almost no difference. And this is just another example of it. Well, hold on. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when it comes to the abortion debate, is that in all reality, there is a vast majority of the American population that has an agreement on abortion. Right. Which yeah. is allow it up to a certain point. Right. And if you were to say, okay, we're going to allow it 20 weeks, let's just say 15 to 20 weeks. The, it would be a non-issue anymore. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It would still be a major issue because you still have two sides that that either want to go to zero or want to go to, you know, five years old. Right, right. Well, uh, folks, uh, that's uh, that's pretty much the end of hour number one here. But uh, if you'd like to join us in hour two, we got so much to talk about. So, you know, the the uh, Israeli uh, stuff really put us uh, behind schedule today uh, on the things we wanted to get to. So if you'd like to hear all the other stuff we wanted to talk about, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage sign up become a subscriber you get a second hour of content and you get a whole bunch of swag including a copy of my book the cassandra trigger a uh, anarchist guild challenge coin and a whole lot more we'll see you on the other side